years um, is, is just through our son of our salt and light network. And as pastors, we've, we've connected a little bit, just I think a little bit actually, I guess, just prior to COVID and then more so online since then, more so. But um, anyways, and Jess and I've even got to, to spend some time with, with Meg and Chris together as a couple. So just having said all that, they are just a real blessing um, to our Salt and Light family. I'm excited for the word that Chris is going to bring. And so I uh, want to just invite you to receive him with open hearts and open minds this morning and what God's going to speak through him. So Chris, why don't you come up? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you quickly too. Lord, thank you for Chris. Thank you that uh, you brought him here. Thank you that uh, you've given him this word. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to receive it uh, for everything you want to do in us and through us. God, we thank you for the timing of this word as we enter into prayer and fasting. And, uh, and God, we ask for more of you in these days. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, it's good to be with you guys here in the center of Canada. It's pretty cool. They don't, you know, let you miss that, do they? As you're driving down, got that giant bill. We actually went to visit it when we were first in Canada. We were like, we're going to go and see the center of Canada. It's super exciting. We drive all the way from Winnipeg, and we get there, and it's just a billboard. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> but it was, oh, really? There was nothing there. So just you'd sat now saying, this is it. Um, but yeah, it's great to be with you guys. Um, as Paul said, uh, my name's Chris, uh, married to Meg. We have three kids. Isaiah is 15. He's with me today. And we have two girls, Tabby and Emmy, who are 13 and 11. The girls are all back at home because we have a puppy. Um, and the puppy can only do about two hours max on its own because um, it's, it's like having a newborn. Like we said we'd have three kids. It feels like we've got a fourth. Um, but I got my own back on the puppy this morning. It's been waking up at 5, 5.30 in the morning is not cool. Anyway, this morning I woke up early. I was like, hello. <laughs> so I went to its crate. I went, morning. <laughs> I wasn't happy about it, but I felt like I got my own back on it. I'm going to get the kids of it one day as well if they try and sleep in. Anyway, um, as Paul said, we're from the UK, not originally from Canada. Been here about two and a half years, and uh, we're going to tell you a little bit. We're not going to. I am, because the rest of them aren't here, other than Isaiah. I'm going to tell you a bit of our story of how we ended up in Canada. It's a pretty cool story. Um, Meg works for a local MLA in Winnipeg. Kids go to the King's School, part of Gateway Church. And as Paul said, I'm one of the pastors at Gateway Church. But why don't we pray before we launch into God's Word? Well, Father God, we, we want to thank you that you've already been speaking today. Lord, thank you that you're with us, whether we're here in the room, whether we're online. You're with us and you want to speak to us. And so... Lord, we want to pray that you would soften our hearts, whether we're, uh, we're the youngest, whether the eldest, anywhere in between. Lord, we know that you want to speak to us. We pray you'd soften our hearts to hear and to respond to what you want to say to us. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you speak to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've just entered 2022. A fresh year uh, awaits us, new possibilities, adventures, challenges, so much more. But how can we know God's plan for our life in 2022? Maybe you've gone into 2022 uh, with questions about relationships, finances, even maybe where you live or geography changes, a work situation. Maybe uh, some of the kids are going into different grades and you're like, dude, what's this year going to hold? Maybe if you're online, you're in grade 12 and you're like, what on earth am I doing after grade 12? Any number of situations where you would love for God's input and guidance. 
Well, I want to tell you all straight from the start something important, and that is this. God loves to speak to us and direct us. God is speaking all the time. It's not meant to be complicated, and it's not meant to be for the super spiritual. As I said, I want to share a bit of our story of how we ended up here in Canada with you today. And as I do, I want to unpack two short but powerful verses from 1 Thessalonians. Just for some context, these three short, these two short verses come at the close of the letter to the Thessalonians, which was written by the Apostle Paul. In the letter, Paul celebrates the church's future hope as they remain faithful to Jesus and they flourish despite massive persecution. Paul encourages them as the persecuted Thessalonians to look forward with hope to Jesus' return. It's a fantastic letter. If you haven't read it recently, you should go and check it out. It covers so much in just five chapters. And it's also an encouraging letter to read, particularly in the light of the world that we're currently living in. It has so many parallels, parallels and so much wisdom and godly advice for how we can live in a challenging world. And in the closing paragraphs, Paul starts to like fire off these quick, like I'm running out of time. Here's some important statements. Things like rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And then we end up with these two verses we're going to look at today, which is this. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 to 21. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. So, For a bit of fun, rather than me standing here and telling you a bit of our story, I thought, why don't we go on a walk? And you're thinking, what? Well, hopefully, if technology works, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go on a walk together. Here we go. It was 2017. I was living in the northeast of England in a place called Teesside. We'd been on many faith journeys, and God was about to take us on our biggest yet. I was working four days a week in the Teesside Church. I was a local church elder. I was leading the executive eldership team. I was on a regional apostolic team and the Salt and Light UK national team. Now, Salt and Light is an international family of churches that Gateway Church is also a part of. I was also working a day and a half teaching the piano a week, so life was busy, but life was pretty good. My wife Meg was pioneering a ministry to vulnerable women. The kids were doing well in faith in school and with hobbies. But underneath it all, I had an unsettledness in my spirit, a sense that God was stirring something for change. I just didn't know what it was. During this time, we were approached about leading a few different salt and light churches in the UK. But after much prayer, we said no, as we just didn't feel it was right. We loved the Teesside Church, we were 100% committed there, and we had no aspirations to move. But I just couldn't shift this unsettledness. Well, winter 2017, we were asked to pray about leading an inner city Salt and Light Church just 10 miles away. Now, this one was different, because two years prior, Meg, my wife, and I had felt stirred about helping that church out. There'd been some major challenges there, and they were leaderless. We'd also lived in that inner city area for seven years. Meg's charity was in that area, working with vulnerable women. We had friends in the church, and both Meg and I had preached there too. So, we felt we should seriously pray about this one, but in all honesty, we weren't keen. I mean, life had moved on over the previous two years. We'd even moved. But we assumed, which is very dangerous, that God would move us to lead that church because of all the various elements I've just mentioned. So, what to do? Well... 
What had underpinned all our steps of faith up to this point had been God speaking and directing us, leading us to listen and respond in faith. God had spoken prophetically to us through a number of ways over the years that had given us the confidence to move in faith many times over. Let's just pause the story there and look at the first part of this passage that says this. The first part of our passage says this. Do not despise prophecy. What, what is prophecy? When many of us think about prophecy, we think it only applies to things in the distant future. Now, there is that aspect, but future things are actually only a small part in comparison to the rest of biblical prophecy. Biblical prophecies consist of two kinds of messages that God uses to direct his people. Forthtelling and foretelling. Forthtelling is about spiritual insight to proclaim a message truthfully, clearly, and authoritatively to the listener. This can include exhortation, challenge, correction, and instruction for the purpose of bringing encouragement or comfort, as well as for calling for heartfelt repentance and loving obedience to God. That's forth-telling. Then there's foretelling, which is about spiritual foresight, the prediction of God's immediate and distant plans to come. In the Old Testament, prophecies were delivered by just a few select people chosen by God to be prophets. Many of these prophecies promised physical restoration after the exile and spiritual restoration when the Messiah would eventually come. Did you know that Jesus the Messiah, he fulfilled over 300 Old Testament prophecies spoken by different voices over hundreds of years and he did 29 of them in one single day. In the New Testament, Prophecy is intended to be used much more widely by all followers of Jesus as a spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit for guidance, edification, encouragement, and comfort, as well as to warn God's people. That's why prophecy today is a spiritual gift that's available to all followers of Jesus. And it's available through a relationship with God in which he speaks to us so that we can share what we hear with others. The more we get to know him, the more God reveals what he wants us to know about the past, the present, and also the future. In writing to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul clearly values prophecy and he wants to ensure that it's being used in a godly way and not being manipulated by men or women for personal gain. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians because there were false prophets among them, masquerading as genuine prophets. The conflicting messages were causing some believers to regard all prophecies unfavorably. And so Paul instructs his readers to not despise genuine prophecy, which is why Paul will go on to say, test all things, hold fast what is good. Today, followers of Jesus are blessed with the whole of the Old and New Testament to guide us. And this is really important. Prophecy is all about knowing God. It's about a relationship. The more we know God, the more he speaks to us. And the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. God will never, ever contradict his written word. If you want to discover God's will for your life, it's right here in the Bible. If you want to know what will happen when you die, 
If you want to know how to have a great marriage, if you want to know how to handle your business well, it's all in the Bible. If you want to know if aliens are real, it's in the Bible, but not the sort of aliens you're thinking about. <laughs> the Bible is the plumb line by which we judge all other ways God speaks to us. So I want to give you a very rapid fire, nine ways God can speak. And if you're taking notes, you can always go back and watch it on YouTube and jot them down later. Number one, an audible voice. Like God's declaration over Jesus at his baptism in Luke 3, when he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So an audible voice. Secondly, God speaks through the Holy Spirit's revelation, which Jesus highlighted to his disciples when he was explaining why he taught in parables. You can read about that in Luke 8.10 or Ephesians 1.17. Thirdly, through preaching. Hebrews 4.12 declares that God's word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Fourthly, I told you we'd go through quick. <laughs> As we pray, Jeremiah 33.3 encourages us to call upon the Lord and he will tell us great and unsearchable things. And as we head into this time of praying and fasting, let's be expectant that God is going to speak. He's going to speak to you personally and he's going to speak to Landmark corporately. Because that's what he says. He's going to encourage us to call upon the Lord. That's what we're going to do. And expect him to tell us great and unsearchable things. Fifthly, through circumstances. Acts 16, 6 to 7 is a great example where the Apostle Paul is trying to move from one place to another to share the gospel. It's brilliant, but the Spirit of the Lord stops him because God had other plans. And actually, that verse is going to come up again in our story. Number six, through dreams. Now, you may recall this. Uh, we would have heard about this in the Christmas story. Matthew 1.20 tells the story of when Joseph had a dream from God about taking Mary to be his wife rather than leaving her. Uh, the baby really was a miracle conception from God. And there are many, many examples in the Bible of God speaking through dreams. Yeah. Number seven, through visions. Like in Acts 10, 9 to 13, when the apostle Peter, he has a vision of heaven being opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners containing all kinds of animals. That's a fun theological one to talk to Paul about. <laughs> so through visions, number seven. Number eight, through a still, small voice. 1 Kings 19, we can read about the amazing story of God revealing himself to Elijah. Not in the wind, not in an earthquake, not in a fire, but in a still, small voice. And number nine, through prophetic words, which 1 Corinthians 14 unpacks in lots of detail. We don't have time to jump into that passage as well today, but I'd really recommend, if you want to know, what does the Bible say in detail about the, the application of prophecy and things? Go to 1 Corinthians 14. It's got all the detail there from the Apostle Paul. So that's nine rapid ways of how God can speak to us. It's not an exhaustive list. And in fact, when I sat there, I was like, oh, I thought of a number 10, which is God also speaks to us as we worship and as we testify, as we witness this morning. So there's, there's way more. That's just nine top tip ones for you. As we head into 2022, as we continue to grow in our relationship with God, let's be encouraged. God is not only able to direct our future, and our everyday lives, but he wants 
to guide us to, primarily through the Bible, but he can also speak to us through many other ways. So how do we ensure, as it says in that passage, that we don't despise prophecy? The Thessalonians were being encouraged by the Apostle Paul to not despise prophecy. Well, to despise something is to look down on it or view it as worthless. The opposite being to highly value or treasure God's speaking in whatever way he chooses to do that. And we should do the same. If we don't highly value prophecy, then we're actually despising prophecy. As our hearts grow closer to God, we should be desiring more and more for him to be directing our paths. If we're looking ahead into 2022, a fresh year of possibilities, adventures, challenges, and so much more, then I would suggest to you that the one person we should seek for guidance and wisdom more than anyone else is God himself. That means placing the highest value on God speaking to us and directing us over all the other voices vying for our attention. Whether we realize it or not, we are being influenced. Our lives are being bombarded and shaped all day, every day through the news, people we spend time with, social media. Is God's direction for 2022 the one we are valuing and seeking more than anything else? You know, last year I chose to delete my Instagram account, um, put it on pause. It wasn't any sort of sin issue, but I found I was just like scrolling through reels, the little video clips. That's so addictive. It's completely pointless. And I was just like, I will stop any minute now. Any minute now, I will stop. Whoa, that's a cool puppy one. Have you seen this one? Like, and it was so addictive, I had to stop. And it was not just an addictive thing, but it was numbing my desire to hear from God because I'm letting these other things influence me and drag me. It's absolute junk most of it as well. Anyway, let's jump back into our story and let's continue on our walk as I continue to tell you how we ended up in Canada. So here we were, it's the end of 2017. We've been asked to lead an inner city church. We assumed it would be right, but we needed to hear God's voice. We, we needed to hear his direction. The problem was, whilst we assumed it was highly likely it was right for us to move and lead this church, we had no prophetic words about it. We had zero. This was all happening during the same season that a previous pastor at Gateway Church and his wife, Will and Elise Horner, who many of you know well, they were being led by the Lord to leave everything they knew and loved here in Winnipeg to move to England and plant a church in the city of York. Well, Will and Elise had received loads of prophetic words from the Lord about moving. They were absolutely sure that God had spoken in many ways and was directing them to make such a bold move of faith. Yet here we were facing a significant change and we had nothing. Well, one morning during the Christmas break, I spent some time with the Lord, really wrestling with this major decision. And the Lord spoke to me when I was reading Matthew 4. I felt the Lord say this, the reason you have zero prophetic words about leading the inner city church is because I'm not asking you to do that. Wow, <laughs> light bulb moment. That was the end of December 2017. Let me just pause the story again here. And you're going to hear the end of the story in a minute. But before we get there, our passage today says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Test all things. What, what does that mean? Well, it literally means to examine, to test, to scrutinize everything carefully. And this is really, really important. How do we know if something is from God or if it's just our own thoughts or our own good ideas? 
I have lots of good ideas, uh, usually actually not good ideas, um, but God's ideas are the best. We need to acknowledge that prophecy can actually be used in an ungodly way. The Apostle Paul was most likely speaking to the Thessalonians for that very reason. It's very, very easy to wrap things up with, God has spoken or God told me to, and not always with bad intentions. So we've got to be careful. We need to be humble enough to test prophetic words, to ensure that they are biblical, trustworthy, and edifying. Again, this reminds us of the importance of prophecy coming out of our relationship with God. The more we get to know God, the more we understand his word, then the more that we can grow in confidence in our ability to know when something is from God instead of just our own thoughts or ideas. So, I hope you had fun with those nine top ways God can speak to us. Here's seven top tips on how to test prophecy, just as quick as the ones before. Not quite as quick. And just to clarify, I'm not saying this is how we test God. I'm not saying that at all. We're testing the process of whether a prophecy is actually from God or not. So number one, does it glorify Jesus? The prophecy may not mention Jesus by name, But does the whole message honor and glorify him? This is always the Holy Spirit's primary work. And you can read about that in John 16 and 1 Corinthians 12. Number two, does it build up the church, the body of Christ? Seven times in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul emphasizes this point when discussing spiritual gifts, especially tongues and prophecy. And as I mentioned in the the nine ways God can speak to us, 1 Corinthians 14 is your go-to if you want to read more about prophecy. It's a fantastic passage. Number three, I've mentioned this already, does it align with scripture? If it doesn't, it's not from God. Okay, that's a simple and bold statement, but I truly believe it. You can wrestle me to the ground after if you want, but I'm not going to change my mind. 2 Peter 3.16, 2 Corinthians 6.14, you can go and have a read there. You know, I've, I've done youth ministry for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, if a young person comes up to me, and I've had this happen too many times, and they say, God has told me to date this non-Christian, and I think it's his way of getting them saved... Without thinking, I say, no, he hasn't. (laughs) Now, you might think that sounds harsh, abrupt, without any forethought. The reason I say it so abruptly is because it's unbiblical. It's not true. So I'm I'm generally much softer and nicer with them, but not on things like that. (laughs) Number four, is the prophecy given in the spirit of love? This is the hallmark of the Holy Spirit's presence. Even in a correction or a challenge... Just read the famous passage in 1 Corinthians 13 that we always hear in weddings, but it's so much better than just hearing it at weddings. Number five, is Jesus Lord of the speaker's life? Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15 to 20, a false prophet will be known by the fruits of his or her life. I just want to add an interjection here to be super careful. For those of you online a lot, you know, what you watch and listen to online, there's some great stuff out there, but let's be super careful that we're cautious and wise about who we're listening to and what's being spoken in. Number six, does the speaker of the word submit to their local church leadership? Strong personalities with independent spirits cause splits and divisions in the New Testament church, and they can still do so today. Paul warned the local church about this, and in Acts 20, 29 to 30, he gave this warning. 
For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Again, the glossy online world can have so many appealing factors. Uh, It can seem very attractive at first, but don't please miss the importance of sowing into your local church where God has placed you to be part of that local family. Number seven, allow others to weigh the prophecy with you. It's important that we don't go through life looking for those who will just agree with what we want them to agree with. Remember, we're all humans and we all get it wrong. So we should involve others who can, we can truly trust in the Lord when testing a prophetic word. Whether it's your pastor, a ministry leader, your small group leader, a friend you know is walking well within the Lord. And I'll be really honest with you all, we've really struggled with this over the years. When we felt God has spoken really clearly, we've had a tendency to say, well, God has spoken, and we want to just move on and crack on. Uh, And it's been hard to learn to trust that God wants to use others in our lives to help us stay on track. If we truly believe that it's from the Lord, we shouldn't worry about inviting others into the situation because God will actually use them to confirm that it's actually a word from the Lord. So when you feel like God has spoken to you, invite a mature and trusted believer to weigh the word with you. And I'm going to give you a really good example of this by finishing off the story on our walk with how we ended up here in Canada. Here we go. Heading into 2018, we declined the amazing offer to lead the inner city church, but we had no idea what God would do next. We knew God had a plan and that he would guide us. Just a few weeks later, February 2018, one of the leaders at the Teesside Church called Mike, he shared with me that he'd been praying for me and that God had reminded him of the story in Acts Acts 16. Verse 6 says this, Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Verse 9 says, During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Mike shared that he knew I'd been wrestling with unsettledness for a long time, and that he felt God was saying through this passage that it was the Spirit of Jesus blocking doors for us, not the enemy. To not be discouraged and that at just the right time we will get a Macedonia call, and that will open up something significant. Also that we'll get a sense of adventure in our spirit to help us know if it's God or not. Well, like 1 Thessalonians 5 says to do, we weighed that word in all the ways I mentioned earlier, and we knew Mike had done the same too. We really sensed that this was a key word for us. We had no idea what it meant, but it brought us a lot of peace, and so we held on to it. Nine months went by, <laughs> nothing changed. Then, on November the 9th, a Friday, I'm sat in a regional apostolic team meeting. Ron and Mary McLean, the senior leaders here at Gateway Church, were in the UK visiting Will and Elise Horner, who'd been sent out to church plant in York. And also, they were there to spend some time with the Salt and Light Northeast apostolic team. The team were sat in a large circle. I was merrily typing some notes of discussions when, seemingly randomly, one of the team called Craig shared this. There's someone in the room God's calling to move to Canada. It's been something on their heart for years. It came from nowhere, but I felt the Holy Spirit really kick off inside me. And I sat there thinking, I think that was for me. I didn't say a word. I stayed straight-faced the whole time. But inside, something was kicking off. At the end of the day, 
I went home and I shared what had happened with my wife, Meg. And I honestly expected her to say, oh, that's insane. There's no way that's for us. Don't be silly. You're just imagining things. What she actually said was, that sounds like an adventure. Remember that word from Mike? I was like, whoa, what's happening? This is crazy stuff. Anyway, the next morning, while setting up for the day, Ron McLean, who in all honesty, we'd never really talked to each other before or met each other, he comes over to me and he says, have you ever thought about moving to Canada? <laughs> I, I got goosebumps. I was like, what, what on earth is happening? Anyway, I replied to Ron in all honesty, well, actually I have since I was 14, because when I was 14, my best friend emigrated to Canada, and I'd been on my own for a three-week visit to Canada, and Canada had got in my system, it was a buried dream, but I'd never actually considered moving there. Lunchtime that same day, Neville, who heads up the regional prophetic team, he sat next to me, and he said that he believed God had told him the person that God was speaking to about moving to Canada was me. He looked me in the eyes and said, and you know it, don't you? I was like, oh my word, I stood up and was in the room and Mike, remember Mike who gave the word in February, comes over, asks what's going on, so I share what Neville had said and what had happened the day before Craig's word. Mike looks at me and he goes, oh, Macedonia. <laughs> I was like, oh my word. Well, Sunday, the very next day at the morning service, Mary McLean was preaching. In all honesty, I, I remember it being something to do with surrendering to God's plan and purposes, but my head was lost in, what on earth is happening? Surely God isn't actually wanting us to move to Canada. That's crazy talk. I mean, he's probably just loosening our roots for something else. Well, in the response time, I remember kneeling on the floor and laying my massive bunch of work keys down and just saying this to the Lord. Well, Lord, you've never let us down before. You've taken us on many faith journeys and you've always provided and guided. I have no idea what you're up to, but whatever you want, I'm willing to obey. It was super emotional. Well, as I stood up, Craig, who'd given the word on the Friday, comes over to me and he says that he needs to talk to me about something important. I remember him saying, I don't know if you remember, Chris, but I shared a word on Friday about God calling someone in the room to move to Canada. And I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> anyway, Craig then goes on to say, well, that wasn't really the word. And I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't really the word, Craig? And then he says, well, actually, the word was... I'm calling Chris and his family to move to Canada. Well, that was me done. I've never been more sure that God is speaking in all of my life. Well, we ended up having a meeting with our senior leaders, plus Ron and Mary McLean that very day. We knew nothing about Gateway and about Winnipeg. I mean, did they even need another pastor? Then Ron and Mary explained that they'd been looking for a new pastor for several years with no joy, and they'd love to talk to us and the Gateway leaders further. We submitted everything to our local eldership team too which, as I mentioned earlier, was a challenging thing to do. I mean, in all honesty, we were thinking, how can God speak any clearer? But we knew it was the right thing to do, so we didn't present a baked cake. And their affirmation later on truly added so much weight and confidence that this radical move really was of God. So we began an intense but rapid process, which brought Meg and I to Winnipeg for a week in an extremely cold January 2019, after which we felt <laughs> this really was the Lord. The Teesside and Gateway Eldership teams believed it was the Lord too. So an insane immigration process and tough farewell process happened, which culminated as, as a family moving to Winnipeg in May of 2019, just six months after God had spoken. I wish I had more time to unpack some of the other prophetic words we received as they were just incredible, which is why I want to finish with this last short section. <laughs> it's quite cool here myself retelling the story. I still get emotional. Crazy people moving to Canada. 
Point three, hold on to what is good. The final phrase in today's passage, do not despise prophecies, test all things, the apostle Paul ends with, hold fast what is good. Hold fast, it means to keep secure, keep firm possession of. And again, this is the opposite of despising prophecies. This is highly valuing God speaking and directing us. I'm not very good at writing things down. My wife's brilliant at it, but I do try and write down prophetic words. And over the whole moving to Winnipeg process, we got 47 prophetic words. It's like God going, hello. <laughs> um, and I'm really grateful that we wrote them down because, you know, role-playing it and replaying it, you can forget and things. And I can't overstate how important it is to write down what God says, to hold fast what is good. And if you've done that, if you've, you've got words recorded, I'd really encourage you before getting too far into 2022 to go back over the words that God has spoken into your life or even spoken to Landmark as a church. Give him thanks and praise for the ones that he's already brought to completion. But also ask him to highlight, are there any specific ones for this coming year? Hold fast what is good. Not only because it is incredibly inspiring to go back over them and see how faithful our God is, but also because you can bet your bottom dollar that the devil is going to whisper a sentence into your ear at some point when you're vulnerable to retreating back or doubting that you've heard God. This is what he'll say. It's the first thing the devil ever said in the Bible, and it's been tripping up Christians ever since. Did God really say? The devil said to Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.1, Did God really say you mustn't eat from a tree in the garden? There is a real enemy to our walk with God, and he is literally hell-bent on pulling you away from God, and he will use whatever sly, cunning, and manipulative ways he can to achieve that. The antidote is once you've received guidance from God, you've received a word, in whatever way God chooses to do that, as per point one, you've tested it, as per point two, then hold on to God's prophetic word. Write it down, share it, talk about it, pray about it, fast off the back of it this week. But whatever you do, do not forget about it. And when the devil comes whispering, did God really say, and he will, you want to be able to say, actually, God really did say. You know, when we moved to Winnipeg two and a half years ago, God provided in so many supernatural ways for us. So many people at Gateway were incredibly generous and hospitable. I never forget, after the longest journey of my entire life, moving our whole family, and we had no idea if they'd let us in because we couldn't do the immigration until we landed. We had three hours in immigration just waiting and then we knew that there was a, um, a pastor on the other side waiting for us. And then when we eventually got the papers so you can come in for three years, uh, the glass doors open, there's a crowd from Gateway. This banner, oh, getting choked up. <laughs> but in all honesty, there have been moments when the devil's come whispering and he's been saying to us, did God really say, did God really say, leave everything in England and move to freezing cold Winnipeg? And our response has been a genuine, confident, actually, God did say. Yeah. As we move into a time to respond, let's just quickly summarize. 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 to 21 says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. 
We've just entered 2022. A fresh year awaits us. Possibilities, adventures, I'm sure many, many challenges. And God has plans for each of us. So let's not despise prophecy. God loves to speak to us and guide us. There are many ways that he can speak to us. We looked at nine plus a bonus one. <laughs> but he mostly does so through the Bible and he will never contradict his word. Are you hungry for God to speak to you and to guide you into 2022? Is his voice the number one voice you desire above all others? Secondly, test all things. Is it really from God or not? Be sure. Test the prophetic. Involve the right people. There are seven top tips you can go back over if you want. And thirdly, hold on to what is good. You will face doubts and challenges. So make sure that you hold on to God's word so that you can live out of it and be confident in it, especially on the harder days. Why don't we invite the worship team back up as we move into a time to respond. I'm just going to lead us in a short time to pray before we finish up by worshiping together. You know, whatever situations you're facing, however you've gone into 2022, you know, whatever area of your life you're desiring God to give you guidance in, he wants to speak to you. He wants to guide you. It's not for a few select few super spiritual people. It's for anyone who's in a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you found yourself, I don't know if you're here in person or you're watching online, and you either have never had a personal relationship with Jesus or in all honesty, you've found yourself going into 2022 and, and Jesus on the priority list is pretty low down. You know, actually, this is an opportunity to recalibrate, to either to come to Jesus for the first time or to reconnect with him again. As you go into 2022, I can't imagine going through life without God being involved, without that relationship with him. So I want to I wanna pray for you first before we pray into that other area. Lord, I want to pray for anybody who's here in this room or watching online who's either never known you personally as their Lord and Savior or who maybe has, but in all honesty, you've just slipped right down the priority list. God, I thank you that you've been speaking to them this morning and you want to not only speak to them, you want to guide them. You want to be number one in their life. You want to be their priority. You've got plans and purposes for them. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you help them to reconnect with you or to connect with you for the first time this morning. Lord, thank you that it's as simple as saying, Lord, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. I'm sorry for living separate from you. I choose to ask you to forgive me. I choose to connect with you and invite you to be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. I encourage you to pray that. And if you have, uh, if you're here, come and chat to Paul, one of the leaders at the end. If you're online, message them through the website. Uh, get in contact. I'm sure they'd love to connect with you. But for those of us who are walking with the Lord or heading into 2022, I want to pray for us as we go into worship song. Lord, I thank you that we sung earlier that you're the way maker. You're the promise keeper. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, you're working. As that psalm declared, even when we're sleeping, you're at work. Lord, we, we want to give you 2022. Lord, we want you to be number one in our lives. We want your voice to be the one that we chase after and we long for more than anything else. And Lord, we want to say we're grateful for your living and active word, the Bible. Lord, if we've let it sit on a shelf with dust, please forgive us. 
Help us to dust it off or re-switch on that app. Whatever it is that we need to do to get back into your word in 2022. Help us to do that. And Lord, as we go into this week, into a week of praying and fasting, Lord, we pray, would you speak to us? Remind us of what you've already said. And Lord, would you speak to us afresh as well, personally and as a a congregation. We don't want to go through this year with our own ideas and our our own thoughts. Lord, we want to follow you. On that narrow path, we want to follow your light. In Jesus' name. Why don't we finish up by worshiping the Lord and giving him all the thanks and praise.